When I was approximately 15 years old, I went forward at a church group and was baptized in water. And I thought I was a Christian because that's what I did. But the Holy Spirit was not in me. I was not shown sin. I just kept living the way I had been living, trying to outdo everybody and get what I wanted. When I was 37 years old, God spoke to me and said, Joan, you know those mistakes you've been making all these years? Those weren't mistakes. Those were sins. And I said, sins? I thought they were mistakes. At that instant, I was given the Holy Spirit, born again, changed by God, not by myself, not by anything I did, not by studying, not by reading the Bible. I was just instantly changed to be a new creature, changed by God. After that, I no longer wanted to be around the people that I'd been around. I wanted to go to church. I wanted to read the Bible. I wanted to be with the people of God. Before this had happened, I didn't think much about God, and I didn't read the Bible. I didn't seek the will of God. I just sought my own will. 2 Corinthians Chapter 5, verse 17. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. God changes us by giving us his spirit. Before, we had the spirit of the flesh doing what was natural to us. But now, We have the Spirit of God inside us to live in us. And what does the Spirit of God do? Well, the Spirit of God is the Comforter, and He is the Spirit of Truth. 1 Corinthians 3.16 Know ye not that ye are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you? When Pam Paget was a teenager, she was raised Catholic. And at the time she was a teenager, one of her classmates was killed on a motorcycle. She had never before even thought about anyone her age dying. She was shown sin. And God spoke to her and said, The Catholic Church cannot save you. And at that point in time, Pam cried out to God and said, Oh, please, if there's any way you can save me, please save me. And she knew she was changed. She knew something of God was in her, although she didn't know what it was. Several years later, she read this scripture in 1 Corinthians 3, verse 16. Know ye not? that ye are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you? Then she knew what it was of God that had been in her since she cried out to God those years before. 
Most people who have the Spirit of God, I don't even think they know what the Spirit of God does. Of what benefit is it to you to have the Spirit of God? Well, if you have the Spirit of God, here's what Jesus says. John fourteen twenty six. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things. He teaches us all things, spiritual and secular. And Jesus says, and he will bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. So we read the Bible and we go along in life and something happens and we are reminded of something Jesus has said. And we know which way to go on this earth in the decisions of this life because the Holy Spirit has reminded us of something that Jesus has said. Another section of scripture, John chapter 16, verse 13. Howbeit when he, the Spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear from God, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. So we have in us now the Spirit of God who teaches us all things brings all things to our remembrance, whatsoever Jesus has said, guides us into all truth, and shows us things to come as needed by the will of God. At the time I was born again, I owned a small business in Dallas, Texas. It was an American Indian arts business. I would go out to the reservations in New Mexico and purchase objects from the Indians and sell them at my business. A man from Houston called me one day and said, my wife is getting ready to start a business like you have, and I want to come talk to you about marketing. And I said, oh, I don't know anything about business. Please don't come and talk to me. I I just don't know anything. But he insisted. So he came to my shop and he said, tell me about your marketing plan. I said, well, I'm a Christian. And before I go to the reservations, I pray and ask God, to have the Indian artist make the item. Then when I get to the reservation, I pray for God to show me the items I should buy for my business. And on the way home, I pray for God to send the angels out to bring the customers in to buy the items. And he paused and he said, Well, I guess that is a form of marketing. Well, he left my business and 
I never heard from him again. But I ran my business by these two scriptures. John 14.26 and John 16.13 I called on God for the Holy Spirit to show me what to buy. I called on God for him to bring the customers in to buy the items. And in all the years that I had a business, I never had an item that didn't sell, and I didn't have sales. As I have needed help, the Holy Spirit has risen up to give me the information that I needed just by bringing a thought to my mind. In 1982, God gave me some very difficult messages, judgment messages, to present on my radio broadcast. There's a scripture where Jesus says, I will give you a mouth and wisdom that none of your adversaries shall gainsay nor prevent. I was in Seattle where I had scheduled a meeting for the radio audience. As I approached the meeting room at the convention center, the radio station manager was standing outside the door and he was waiting for me. He's usually very friendly to me, but this time he wasn't smiling and he wasn't greeting me in a way that he had before. He said to me, Joan, You have some very good messages. Just speak those messages. Don't speak these judgment messages. If you continue to speak the judgment messages, I don't know what's going to happen to you. We might have to put you off the air. And at that moment, the Holy Spirit rose up in me and just spoke these words through me. George, if I don't speak the message that I believe to be from God, then I don't have a message and I may as well be off the air. A real minister is led by God. He's put in the ministry by God and given messages to speak. They are brought to him by the Holy Spirit, and he has learned to yield to the Holy Spirit and speak those messages. If he changes the message, then he doesn't have a message from God. He may have a message from himself, but that won't help you. That's the type of thing the Holy Spirit does, is bring to our mind what he wants us to say. And we who are of God yield to the Holy Spirit and we learn to speak what the Holy Spirit wants us to speak. I think this is for ministers as well as members of the body of Christ. One day I called one of our church members who lived in another city. And she told me her son was just getting ready to visit her. And he would be at her house in about 30 minutes. 
and she had made out a list of things she wanted to go over with him, spiritual things. And I said, oh, no, don't do that. Yield to the Holy Spirit. When he arrives at your house and is with you, speak those spiritual things brought to your attention by the Holy Spirit. So she put away her pre-planned list and did that, and everything went very well. And she said not one thing that she had planned to say to him was brought to her mind. We want to speak what God wants spoken. Before a person is scheduled to come to my house, I pray for God to bring to my attention that which he wants them to hear and to not let me speak anything except what he wants. For that does the work of God. Before my aunt died, I was at her house and was speaking with her. She's a Church of Christ member all her life. And the Holy Spirit brought to my mind, tell your aunt about being taken into heaven. Well, I didn't want to do that. Church of Christ members are not people that you usually share supernatural experiences with. But because of my learning to follow the Holy Spirit, I yielded to the Holy Spirit and said to my aunt, Aunt Artis, I want to tell you about something that happened to me shortly after I was born again. In the night, I was transported into heaven. I was with God. I was with Christ. I was with the Holy Spirit. It was in the Spirit I saw no physical objects. But at that time, I was merged into the body of Jesus, God, and the Holy Spirit witnessing. I was made one with the Word of God. A few nights later, the exact same thing happened to me again. As I was speaking those words, I noticed a rather dreamy look came on my aunt's face. And when I finished speaking, she said, Something like that happened to me once, and it was all golden. I doubt that she'd ever told anybody that experience. But then I knew why it was that I was so connected to this aunt. She had been taken into heaven too. She had the same spirit that I have. I find very few people in churches that have the Spirit of God. They have put themselves into the church by going forward at an invitation and saying whatever words the preacher says to say or being baptized in water. When I speak to them, they go completely stone-cold dead. They cannot hear words of God. Those who have the Holy Spirit can hear. They want to hear you tell what God has said. 
but I found that the others just want to talk about their preacher or their church building, things built by man and what man does. And when I start telling them what God has done, usually they have a blank look on their face and they just want me to stop talking. The ones who have the Spirit of God in them want to hear what God has done. 1 John chapter 4, start at verse 4. Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that's in you than he that is in the world. They are of the world, therefore speak they of the world, and the world heareth them. We are of God. He that knoweth God heareth us. He that is not of God heareth not us. Hereby know we the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. The Holy Spirit searches the heart of God to know the will of God, and he brings to our mind what God has shown him so we can know the way to go in the issues of this present life. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, Paul says, starting at verse 1, And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. But as it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. But God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit. For the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. God made a very big difference with the New Testament church. In the Old Testament, some had the Holy Spirit in them. The prophets had the Holy Spirit. But the regular people didn't. And they had to go to a prophet to find out what to do. But with the coming of Jesus and the crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus, God gave his Holy Spirit to all who belong to God. You can read about that in Hebrews chapter 1. So now God has revealed his will to us by his Spirit. For the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the Spirit of man which is in him? 
Even so, the things of God knoweth no man but the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God, which things also we speak not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. Examples of the Spirit of God In 2018, I fell at my house in Texas, broke a hip, and badly broke a left hand. I managed to turn over on the right side to try to crawl to the telephone, but it was terribly painful. I was on a tile floor, and I began to try to inch my way to the phone, and I just said, I can't do this. But no one was scheduled to come into my house for at least a week. I would have died had I not gotten to that telephone. As I was lying there on the floor, God spoke to me by his spirit. I heard these words, You can do this. And because of those words, I was able to get to that telephone. It took me about four and a half hours. But I was able to get to the phone and I managed to get help, as it turned out, not from the phone, but by a Kindle tablet, which was under the phone, lying there on the floor, recharging. When I pulled on the phone cord, the phone handle squirted across the room, and I never saw it again. But I saw that Kindle tablet, and I sent an email to our church group, Need Help, Send Ambulance. As the ambulance workers rolled me past the front door of my house. I heard another word from God. You'll never see this house again. I was in the hospital two and a half months as a result of that injury. While I was in the hospital, I put my house up for sale. One of our church members said, I don't see how you can do this. I said, but I've heard from God that I will never see this house again. God makes all things possible by the Spirit that is in us who tells us the will of God at times when we don't think we can do something. So that is one of the works of the Holy Spirit. Sometimes the Holy Spirit speaks to us and shows us another way that we can go on this earth, a better way. I had a 25-year-old car, and I was considering putting new upholstery on the seats of the car when I heard from the Holy Spirit, or you could just buy a new car. That was so shocking. I hadn't thought of buying a new car. 
And that night I had a dream that I bought a car. It was a better way to go than the way I was planning to go. I had just sold a house in Texas. The money from the sale of the house was in the bank. I could easily buy a new car, pay cash for it. That's one of the works of the Holy Spirit. One day, I was with a Baptist woman that I'd gone to high school with, and she told me this story. She said that the first time she ever saw the man she married was in the grocery store in our little village. She went into that store, and there was this young man standing there. And after he left, she said to the owner of the store, Who is that? And he said, oh, that's Jerry Greer. He's a nephew of one of the men here in the community, the farm community. And she said, well, I'm going to marry him. And the owner of the store said, oh, you shouldn't say things like that. But she did marry him, and they were married about 60 years before Jerry died. And I said to Wynette when I heard the story, oh, Wynette, that was a word of knowledge from God. And she froze. She was afraid of thinking that we could hear directly from God. And she just froze and didn't say another word. There are people in churches who've been taught that we shouldn't hear from God, that we shouldn't think of things of the Holy Spirit. And I suppose Wynette was one of them. Why, I was thrilled and joyful that she had heard from God. And I saw it was being an act from God. The Holy Spirit is a great gift. For the Holy Spirit teaches us all things, shows us things to come, guides us into all truth, reminds us of everything that Jesus has said, shows us the way of God. Romans 8 verse 1 There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh but after the Spirit. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God they are the sons of God. They are the real Christians. Galatians chapter 5, Paul says, verse 16, This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. Now what does that mean? Well, he goes on to tell us the works of the flesh are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, and revilings. And he says, of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. So when the devil tries to encourage you to do one of the works of the flesh, 
It is the Spirit of God who rises up in you to cause you to walk in the Spirit, which is going to be a way of love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Have you ever wanted to tell somebody off and put them straight? That is usually not the Spirit of God. That's the way of the flesh. God will lead us by His Spirit in ways that produce love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. So if we choose in times of temptation to walk in the way of the Spirit of God, we will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. As long as we are on the earth, the flesh will try to get us to go in the way of the flesh. But we keep the flesh crucified by the Word of God. The flesh wants us to hate. God wants us to put away hatred and wrath and walk in love. And he makes it possible for us to do the things that we didn't think we could do because he has given us his spirit. And the spirit of God that's in us is the spirit of God. It's not the spirit of the world. And we recognize the difference between the Spirit of God and the voice of God and the instructions of God and the devil who is trying to get us to go in the way of the flesh. And we choose to go in the way of God. Therefore, Paul says in Romans chapter 8, verse 1, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh. They don't go in the way of the flesh, but after the Spirit. Thank you for allowing me to share this with you today.